Hi there! Welcome to episode 12 of Eccentric Chai, the podcast for artistic misfits, wayward explorers, and the creatively weird. I'm your host, Lena Forrester. This week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about events. Uh, there are so many things I wish I had known whenever I first started doing events, probably five, four, four or five years ago. And so it's definitely a learn-as-you-go process, but there are a lot of things that I really do wish I had known at the time might have given me a better footing. So I'm going to give you a few of the things that I've learned along the way for those of you who are just getting started in the events or even someone who is well-traveled in events. Maybe there's something new that you'll hear and you'll be like, oh, that makes sense. I'm going to try that. Before we begin, don't forget this podcast is a sister project to my blog, Eccentric Chai. You can find it at wordpress.eccentricchai.com, and I will put the link in the show notes in case you would like to partake. And now, without further ado, let's get started. I had a lot of trouble trying to come up with something to talk about on the podcast this week because I have just been doing so many events. My brain is only in event mode. I think for the next two months straight, I have an event on every single weekend. And so obviously I had nothing else that I could think of to talk about this week than events. I would love to share with you some of the things I've learned along the way. I started doing my first events in maybe 2018 I believe I see it was so long ago I don't even remember what year it was but it was a while ago it was definitely pre-covid and one of my first events was at Avenue HQ during the Jefferson City Art Crawl and that is the building that we sadly lost in the tornado of 2019 so I have bittersweet memories attached to that first event because it was my first event. I felt like so special. I felt pretty cool. I had my own table at this event and people came and looked at my art and told me that I had good art and I felt awesome, you know, but I feel like I really could have done a lot better from then on if I had known some of these things. So The very first thing I'm going to tell you to do, whether you are a beginner or you've been doing events forever, you probably know this, but you really need to research your event. What kind of event is it? Is it indoor or outdoor? Is it going to be in a building that is very small or is it going to be in a large gallery? Is it going to be outside on a cold day or a hot day? These are things that you think you might not have to take into consideration, but you really do. Another thing you're going to want to look into is whether or not this event is something that you would perform your craft at. Like for instance, in October, we have an event called Porch Fest and I am meant to paint the entire time I'm there. I'm, I'm supposed to show off and educate about my techniques and my style and intuitive art and whatever. So if you're having, if you have an event coming up that's like that, you might want to start thinking now about what it is you're going to want to bring in terms of your mediums and how you'd like to what will make it easier for you to perform or <laughs> do your process it live whether it's outdoors or indoors outdoors it makes it even trickier because you may not always have 
you know, electricity, or you may not always have water nearby for, you know, us watercolor artists, we need water. And so you might need to remember to bring water. Another thing that I think a lot of us, especially me in the beginning, didn't think it was a big deal, didn't even think to look into this, but you need to know where this event is in terms of what kind of what kind of city is it? What kind of area is it? Is it in a downtown area that's super artsy and folksy and everything is small business, everything? Or are you going to a city where it's everybody is really moving fast and, you know, they barely look up from their, where they're walking? Or are you going to a small town where art isn't really as much appreciated and you really have to bring some extra things that will get them interested in art and small business. So for instance, you know, I love Jeff City, but it's it's not as easy to sell art here as it is in say Columbia, you know, 30 minutes away. That is a super university college town. Everybody loves art. Everybody's pretty eccentric. I call it Missouri's Portland because it's basically what it is. I love it there. It's so amazing. It's so eccentric. And I know that when I'm going there, I can bring actually a lot more original art and a lot more framed art because that's more likely to come to sell there. Here in Jeff City, I would be more likely to bring smaller things like journals, sketchbooks, bookmarks, things that, you know, hand greeting cards sell a lot in, here in Jeff City. And then small paintings that, you know, are on the clearance rack. It, it, those are the things that you would bring to a a town kind of like Jeff City, where the smaller things, more like a impulse buys, you know. And they also really like, no matter where you go, uh, customers really like things that are useful around the house. So, for instance, if you are someone who makes furniture, that's something that's going to get looked at more often. If you are someone who makes things like mugs and bowls, if you're a ceramicist, for instance, and you make these things, these are going to be looked at quite a bit, especially if they're super unique and there's only one of each kind and it really drives people in and they get really excited about your stuff. So make sure you know where this event is, obviously, so you can get to it, but also so you know what sort of items are going to sell better and how you can draw more people in with your work. Finally, you're going to want to research, obviously, what kind of setup you're going to have at this facility or at this outdoor event or whatever, so you, you know what to bring in terms of your setup. So, for instance, this weekend I have a pop-up art market in Jefferson City on Saturday. And I know it's an indoor event, and so I will not need my canopy. And I also will have the tables provided for me there, and so I do not need to bring all of my tables. If you are having an outdoor event like I had last weekend at the chalk art competition, you may need realize you need to bring your canopy, you need to bring all the tables that you have, you may need to even buy another table if you don't have any tables. You will, you're gonna wanna think about all of those things like whether you need walls on your canopy or whether you need, you know, those grids that you can hang your artwork on. Do you need more shelves to display your ceramics on? Do you need a, a chair if you're a musician? You know, do you need these things? Do you need to remember to bring 
a microphone that can work outdoors, even if it's not plugged in. I don't know if that's a thing. I'm pretty sure it's got to be at this point. I mean, it's 2022. So do you need to bring a microphone that does not require electricity? Do you need to bring only your acoustic guitar and just forgo the uh, electric one for now? Those are all things that you're really going to need to know before you do your event. So it will definitely make you feel a lot more prepared, prepared for the event. If you know where it is, what kind of venue it's going to be held at, what the weather is going to be like, what kinds of art the surrounding area is interested in, and what sort of products... I don't want to say products. It's art. It's definitely something more meaningful than that. But what... What sorts of things would you bring that would be more likely to pique someone's interest? Because our ultimate goal as an event is, right, to sell things, right? We also love it because we get so much community and we get to talk to other people and we get to meet new people and market ourselves and just talk art for an entire day. And I love events, but <laughs> I think the goal, the ultimate goal of an event is to make a little bit of money. Art art careers are expensive and we need to pay our bills. So research those things and you'll feel a lot more prepared about what to bring, uh, where you're going to be and what might be better selling in this area as opposed to a different area. The next thing I'm going to talk about is what you should actually bring. It, this is going to be in terms of your display. So, like I said, this weekend I have a pop-up art market. I have a few tables and a canopy and everything, but I'm not going to need those things because this is an indoor event and it is at a gallery, and so I will not need tables as they are provided for me. I will not need to bring my tablecloths as those are also provided for me. If I want to include a some sort of backdrop of hanging art, I may ask to use one of their carpet setups that they have or um, one of the grids that they have there. I might ask to use one of those. Otherwise, I can just go with the table and have my stuff set out in front of me. Sometimes less is more in events like this, especially at this gallery. It's not super big and so I don't want to take up all the space, especially because there will be other booths there, other artists selling their work and I don't want to take up the entire gallery just selling. So think about whether you need tables, how many tables you're going to need, whether you need your canopy if you have one, whether or not you need walls for your canopy if you have them, whether or not you need your carpet wall or grids if you have them. These things are all things that you will build up over time. So if you are a beginner and you don't have any of this stuff, that is fine. I did my very first porch fest with a table and that was it. That was all I had. And it wasn't even my table. <laughs> it was provided to me. So don't freak out if you don't have any of these things. It's definitely one of those you have to buy a little bit when you have the extra money. Oh, you know what? I think I should, it's time I buy this canopy, you know, or it, it's time I buy these grids. I have the money for it. I'm going to go ahead and, and improve my display. Aside from the canopy and the table, you're also going to want to think about how you're going to display your art. Does your art, is it all framed and needs to be hung up? Or is your art clothing that can be folded nicely? Or do you have hangers and nice, very nice little 
setups where you can hang hangers right on them and it looks really uh, professional. Do you have, do you sell ceramics and you need those shelves? Do you sell bookmarks and maybe you need some books there so that people can see, oh, these are bookmarks and put them in books and people will want to use them in their books. Do you have a lot of prints and artwork that isn't framed? For instance, you are going to need bins that people can flip through. I don't know what it is about flipping through things, but even I love it, okay? When I go to events, I want to just sit there and flip through all the things in the bins. So find some really nice baskets or bins, things, something that would match your aesthetic, your style, your artwork. You know, don't go buy children's bins if you are trying to be a more mature type art artist. Don't go buying, you know, super fashionable mature type baskets if you do children's illustrations try to try to match it to your your business and your your artwork basically so for me i have really pretty wicker baskets that i really like and i have several of them and then i just put them out with prints and frame and unframed art in there and people just love flipping through those and i can't blame them it's it's pretty fun looking through all of that and seeing what's in there and it doesn't always get me selling, but it gets people flipping through and that's fun. And I can talk to them about art while they're there flipping through things. <laughs> so if you have, you know, the unframed art or prints, try looking into getting some bins. I, you know, what's funny is I didn't even think about the bin thing until I was at Art in the Park this year. And the booth across from me had several bins and there were just dozens of people in their booth just flipping through it all like they almost like they were flipping through records but they were flipping through prints and they it was just like a light bulb for me I thought wow they really like going over there because they can go almost interact with the booth you know you have to give people something to interact with instead of just looking at it now they have to actually touch it go through it see if there's something in there that they like so it does, it does help me, especially, you know, if I'm out and about and I want to go shopping for, you know, a new, a new pair, a new shirt or a new dress, do you flip through the clothes, right? You're, you're touching them, you're feeling them. It's, it brings you closer to it. So try to think about how you can make your booth more interactive like that. Finally, you're going to want to bring, of course, your artwork, but now you have to think about which what artwork are you going to bring if this is a small area you may not want to bring your super large scale pieces if this is a large event you could totally bring your large scale pieces the the way i like doing it i like having a variety of everything so i have some large framed art and by large i mean like 12 by 16 or 16 by 20. i don't go super large so those are but i i would i like to bring a few of those and then i like to bring medium art and unframed art that I can put in my bins. I bring, I like to bring prints and I like to bring smaller objects like handmade sketchbooks, bookmarks, stickers, things like that, because you're going to have a variety of people come into your booth and not everybody's going to be able to afford that big framed art on the wall. And even though they might love it so much, they might only be able to afford a print. So you might think about having prints done if you don't have them in order to help that person have 
your art in their home even though they can't afford it and I for instance have a print by Danica Sills on my wall and I love her art and this I just fell in love with this painting I believe it's called Nightmare and Daydream I love it so much and I could only afford a print but that is okay I put it in a really nice frame I hang it in my studio and I just I will just stare at it sometimes and just love it it's not going to matter whether it's the original or it's a print. If that person truly loves that piece, it won't matter to them. It will make them just as happy. One final thing. If this is an event where you are meant to perform <laughs> your process, you're going to think about what you need to bring in terms of your medium. For instance, Porch Fest coming up, like I said, I meant to paint in front of people. So I've decided since it will be October, I'm going to be doing my gouache ghosts. So I'm going to need to be bringing lots of gouache, black and white gouache. I'm going to make sure I have plenty of paper. I'm going to need masking tape. I'm going to need a couple of brushes that I use. And I'm going to need water. And also, I'm going to need a jug to put dirty water in so I'm not just pouring it on the street or in the grass. Think about those things before you go to your events. If you're an oil painter, what will make it easier for you to bring oils to this area? Do you have a plush shade box? Do you have a, a bag that you can keep all of your things in that, and, and screwable, like tightened jars that you can put your, your mineral spirits in? Things like that. You need to really think about where you're going to be, what how you're not going to be able to to dispose of things so you might have an extra bag to put all of the things that you can dispose of you might need a, if you're an oil painter you might need a small tank with water in it to put your paper towels in and anything that will have oil paint on it so that you don't start a fire so think about these things before you go there don't start fires okay Finally, I want to talk to you about marketing. Now, marketing online is pretty self-explanatory. You put something on there, you say, hey, I have this new painting, come check it out. Or I have this new series, come check it out. Or you put a reel on Instagram showing how you did something or things like that. But how are you going to do that at your events? You already have your art there. So you're going to need something there that will give people something to further look into you with. So first of all, obviously, business cards. Business cards are very important. I know that a lot of us, when we get a business card, we just toss it. But if, they, if you really wanted somebody's information and you keep that business card, you'll keep that business card. So if somebody really wants to look into your art more and see what you're doing on Instagram or see what you're doing on Twitter, they will take that business card and they will use it. I have used many business cards and then I forget where they are and lose them. But <laughs> as long as I use them first and then lose them, we're good. So one year at Porch Fest, I actually did have business bookmarks. They were free. They were bookmarks with a really pretty design on the front and on the back it had all my business information. And a lot of people were weary whenever I was like, hey, you want a bookmark? And they would be like, they would think, and I'd say they're free, you know, and that, oh, everybody likes free things. So you could just pass them out. 
So I, and my business cards now, they're not bookmarks. However, they are different. Um, I probably have right now about 10, 10 to 15 different designs on the back of my bookmarks. So it's like having a little two by three painting. It's not original, but it's a two by three print with information on the other side. And you don't even really want to throw it away because it's got an, a painting on the other side. It's cool. You know, you don't want to, you know, it makes them a little, it makes people like, not, I wouldn't want to throw it away. I would think, oh, this is neat. I'm going to tape this on my wall. You know, I'm going to tape it on my computer. That is a plus. You want to do something different that people will be wary about throwing out. And that and then put all your business information on it. So what business information is important? Do you have a website? Do you have an email? Do you have a Facebook? Do you have an Instagram? Do you have a Twitter? Those are things that you're going to want to put on your business card. Another thing that I have started having at my booth is flyers. I have flyers that talk about this podcast, what it is, what it's called, where you can listen to it, etc. And these are flyers that people can just take. And I've seen people just grab business cards and flyers and walk out of my booth. And even though they didn't buy anything, it does not matter. Who knows? They might have come back to my podcast that evening and just started binge listening. You never know. They might have gone onto my Instagram and just started following me. I've had people come into my booth say, oh my gosh, I follow you on Instagram ever since three years ago when I saw you at this event. Because they got my information then. And they never stop. They, they followed me then. So whether or not you're adding followers or supporters or you're actually going to sell something in the future, it, it doesn't matter. You're still marketing. You're still getting your name out there. You're still spreading the word. You're still making the world better with your art. Another thing you might consider is having a vinyl sign either in at your table or hung up behind you they're not too bad especially if you go to Vistaprint I don't receive a kickback for any of this I'm just I'm just telling you what I've used in the past I do like Vistaprint for my vinyl signs because they're really good quality and the I mean the one I have I just roll it up I have been using it for a couple years now and it's been thrown around and blown away I mean it's it still sits up sets up just fine so you might look into making a design for a vinyl sign that you can hang up in your area so that people will see your sign from far away make it colorful or bright whatever aesthetic fits your artwork again but make it large enough that people will see it from a distance and want to go toward it you can't afford a vinyl sign right now totally understand i couldn't afford them in the beginning either try a try making one of your own that's just like a computer piece of paper size that you might laminate that talks about that has a picture of you and then like your bio and then you can just put that on the table next to your art next to your bins or next to your shelves with ceramics whatever it is that you make have your little bio right there and actually even if you have a vinyl sign this bio idea is actually really really um a really cool idea and I have had one or two at my booth before and it, it helps especially if you have to step away for a second or you're helping somebody else that person can go read about your art without you having to talk to three people at once at different times about you know you don't have to stop talking to one customer to talk to another one they can go read about what you what you're about why you do this art what you're trying to do for the world etc 
and then they can go and determine if your why is important to them and they want to purchase your art. Finally, marketing. This isn't really marketing, but this is something that I always forget and you need to remember this. Do not forget your business license or your city tax license. Some cities, I don't know if all cities require a city tax license. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that they do. You will need to have your business license just so that you have, you are crossing all your T's and dotting all your I's, making sure that you are legally selling your art. I have forgotten it a few times and I never had anybody come up to me and say, hey, you're selling art illegally. I've, I've never had that, but just to be safe, just to cover your own behind, have your business license. It's literally like, I think for me, it's like $16 a year <laughs> for the entire year. It's not a big deal. Just put your name on there. If you just, you don't want to have to, you don't even need to think of a name for your business. Just go by your name, doing business as self. Make it easy for your first year. It can always change next year. Not a big deal. It can even change in the middle of the year. I've done that. So remember your business license. Remember your tax license. And remember your business cards and your flyers and your sign and everything. You want people to know who you are when they come up to your booth. One more thing, actually. <laughs> I just thought of this. A really good marketing strategy is to have a some kind of drawing going on. So have a jar or even in my case, I have one of my mugs that I have um, from Society6, I believe. And you can write your name down on a little tiny piece of paper, put it in there. And at the end of the day, I will do a drawing and you can win a free print of your choice. Or you can win... 25% off at my Etsy shop, or you can win whatever, fill in the blank. It's really fun. The drawing is really especially useful if it's people signing up for your email list. So if you do, if you have an email list and you do newsletters once a month or once or twice a month, it's really, really beneficial to get more people on your email list. So tell them say hey join my email list and you're entered in this drawing and then you have like 10 20 people on your email list that you didn't have before and somebody gets a free print out of it yay as a bonus here i'm going to tell you don't forget your etiquette, okay? If you've never worked with customer service in customer service of any kind, whether it be restaurants or clothing or grocery stores, whatever, just know that you are only there because your customers have made it so. You, you need to be super grateful I am I know that I am so 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 super grateful to everybody who supports me in any way. I'm even grateful to you for being here for listening to this podcast. I would not be here without any of you, without any of my supporters, whether it be monetary or just just being there. And so don't forget your etiquette. These people are your friend. These these customers are your they should be your everything when it comes to your business. 
make sure you smile at them. Make sure you say, hi, how are you today? You can even talk about the weather if you have no idea what to talk about. It was an especially nice day last last Sunday. And so I was able to bring that up with every customer. Like it is, we were at the park. Everybody was doing chalk. It was gorgeous. And I, everybody that came in, I was just, ah, are you out enjoying this pretty day? It is so, so gorgeous out here. And they, oh yeah, it is so great. And then they go about their business. You, You can just say, you don't have to follow them around. Please don't follow them around. I don't like being followed around when I go into a booth or a store. And I also don't like being stared at. So if you sit there and stare at them, they're going to leave. They're going to find a way to get out of there because they're going to feel like you're just staring. Because you're staring at them. They're going to feel uncomfortable when you're staring at them. Pretend like you're organizing something. Pretend like you're chatting with some the someone else. Pretend like well, you don't have to pretend to chat with someone else. Go chat with someone else. Tell them beforehand, say, hey, if you have any questions or you see something you like, I'm right here. Just come and get me. And I'm go- And then you go back to organizing your bookmarks or reassembling your, uh, your bowls on your shelf or going back to, you know, adjusting your clothing line and everything. But appear distracted. You don't want to make your cl- customers uncomfortable. You want them to feel super welcome, right? You might even suggest, hey, how are you today? Oh my gosh, the weather is so beautiful, isn't it? Uh, If you have any questions, just let me know. I just wanted to let you know that there is a drawing going on here in my booth. So if you fill out your email on here to join my email list, I'll do a drawing at the end of the day and whoever wins will get a free print and I will email you if you are the winner and you get to choose whatever artwork you like and then I will print it for you and ship it to you all for free. Something like that. Very fun. Gets people happy. They think, oh, it's free. I can do something. You hand them a free bookmark. Hey, have a free bookmark. How are you today? Smile. Smile and smile. Lots of smiling. Please smile. (laughs) And also, think about what you're wearing. Okay, does it match the aesthetic of your art? I know this sounds really ridiculous, but it's true. If you are... If you are a children's illustrator, you might wear bright colors. You might smile and talk to all the children that come in there. And, oh my gosh, how are you? I love your shoes. Because kids love being told that their shoes are awesome. So make sure you tell them that their shoes are awesome. (laughs) And if you do really proper oil paintings and you're a quiet person, let that be part of your, your... style let that be part of your what do they call that your brand there we go we're gonna talk about brand Ugh. uh let that be part of your brand wear neutral colors wear you know wear a nice a nice shirt with a nice skirt or a nice tie whatever will match the brand of your art make sure that your clothes match that and that your demeanor matches that if you are a quiet person, don't start being super loud for other people. But you still can talk to them. Hi, how are you? But you don't have to be super loud and insane like I am. Like, oh my god, hi, how are you? <laughs> Just be yourself and the rest will fall into place. So I'm hoping that all of these tips, or at least one of these tips, will help you improve your booth at events. There are so many different kinds of events out there, it's ridiculous. There, I mean, you've got Comic-Cons, you've got fairs, you've got festivals, you've got 
chalk art competitions, you've got pop-up art markets and galleries, you've got so many. First Fridays are fun. It's, 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 it's unreal how many events are out there. The, if you are having trouble finding out where an event is, uh, start at your, start at your local art gallery. A lot of times they will have a big list and you either apply or you pay a booth fee or sometimes you just show up and that will help you certainly you know as i said in the past new begets new art begets art well again here events beget events so if you go to one event chances are you're going to learn about one or two more events while you're there so for instance at the chalk art competition last weekend someone came up to me handed me their card and said i'd love to have you at my event at the end of october and i wasn't actually booked that day so i plan on contacting her and doing an event with them so it's you just never know you never know what might pop up at the event that will help you get to the next event I have a special thanks here for On the Norte and Franz Gordon for the music and thank you for epi to epi 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 Epidemic Sound. Do I trip over that every time? <laughs> epidemic Sound for providing the music. Thank you to you for being here, listening to me talk and babble and trip over my words and laugh really loud. I really love having you here. I really love doing the podcast and I really hope it helps. If you feel like supporting the podcast, you can share, like, comment, tell me how I'm doing. Email me, lena at lenaforrester.com, and tell me whether it's working for you or what you think I need to work on. What I'm brand new at this podcast thing. It's definitely another one of those learn-as-you-go processes. I would love to know what you think. If you want to support me or my art or the podcast in a monetary way, you can go to my website, lenaforrester.com. There are a ton of options there for you to go to like print-on-demand sites where you can find prints and mugs and cards and everything like that. You can go to my Etsy shop where I have handmade items, etc. and original art. And I also have classes on there if you're in the area and you want to do one of my classes or you're your child is into art you can join my art club there are just a few things you can do and even if you can't like i said in before in all of the other podcast episodes if you can't support me monetarily there is nothing wrong with that i totally understand and i am just so grateful that you are here supporting me now just with your ears thank you thank you thank you until next time may your events be super fun and the weather be extra nice at your events. <laughs> Thank you for joining me.